0: I'm glad I got the old book, aren't you? I'm glad we have a Word of God that gives us the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, the doom of sinners, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are true, its decisions are immutable. We read it to be wise. We believe it to be safe. We practice it to be holy. The Word of God contains light to direct us, food to cheer us, comfort to help us in times of need. say, Pastor, I'm struggling. I'm fearful. Uh, you know what? Where you have fear, you don't have faith. And faith is birthed in a relationship with the Word of God. Spend time in the Scriptures and let the Word of God help you, especially during this time. I hope you'll do that. We're in Acts chapter 28. I've enjoyed reading this passage of Scripture over and over again, trying to see what God may want to help us with. I was uh, looking at it again yesterday in preparation for today, and I, was, I said, Lord, please, Help me to say what will be most needful for our church family during this time. I think there's many practical things that we can apply to our heart and life, and I hope you'll do it. I want to do it. I hope you'll do it. Hope you'll be faithful to the Word of God and faithful to say, what does God want me to do with what He's told me? This is really, really important. The Bible says, if you hear these things, happier ye if ye do them. And one of the parables in, of in course, uh, Matthew chapter 7, when the word of God tells us, you're like a man who builds his house in a rock. What does he do? He does and puts into practice what God tells him. I want to be that kind of man. I do not want to build my life on sinking sand. You don't either. Make sure we obey the Lord and uh, we apply what God tells us to do. And I want to make sure that we do comfort one another. But I also want to be challenging, too. You know the job of the pastor is to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. And, and I want to do both of those because I believe God has put in his word some things that can help us. I was reading this week in 2 Corinthians, excuse me, 2 Chronicles chapter 15. It's the story of Asa. And Asa has a prophet come to him and speak to him and, and tell him, "You listen, you're doing a good job. Be of good courage. Keep on going. But I'm sending this plague. I'm sending this adversity into the hearts of people for three reasons. One, they have forsaken the person of God, the true God. They have also uh, have not listened. There's been no teaching priest. They have neglected the preacher. And they have neglected his law or his precepts. Dear friend, there are some things that need to happen inside of my heart and your heart during this season. We need to give attention to the true God. We need to give attention to the preaching of his word and the word of God. And your Sunday school teacher, you need to give attention to the law of God. Hey, listen, his law is not grievous. Many people complain how hard it is to live the Christian life. That's ridiculous. Knock it off. And let's live the Christian life. It's not grievous. His law is not grievous. It's helpful to us. Let's stay faithful to the word of God. Let's embrace His promises and His precepts. Oh, I love not only the precepts, but the way of the precepts. Not only love what God says, but uh, love why He wants us to do it. He never has you something just because. He always has a purpose. And we can trust His presence, His purpose, and His power in our lives. Wherein in Acts chapter 28, we're looking here, and Paul now, along with the 275 other, other people on this ship, it's been broken. They've managed to get to shore either by swimming, by hanging onto a board, or a broken piece. Everybody's on board, but they're sopping wet. They're miserable. They're probably famished because of 14 days of being out there on the ocean in the Mediterranean Sea being tossed in, and, uh, to and fro by the Euryclidon, that terrible agitated storm that took place in that November of that year. And it was a terrible time. When they got there, they met some people that were not Greeks. They were barbarous people. They didn't speak the Greek language, but they showed them much kindness. They received them, everyone, the prisoner as well as the captain of the ship, the centurion as well as the apostle Paul, he, they received them all. We spoke about that this morning. Lessons we can learn when the storm lessens. The storm is still raging, but they're not in the boat anymore. And I don't know where we are in our storm of this coronavirus, but I will say this to you. Uh, I think we're on the downward slope. I think the Lord's going to help us. There's going to be some challenging waves and some winds. Boy, the wind was blowing crazy today. I thought I was going to turn my car over there for a little bit. But we're going to have some difficulties in our society, financially, lots of things. We still got a God in heaven. He's fine. He's good. And we can be okay. But I will say this to you. Wherever we are in the storm, as the storm lessens, there are still some lessons to learn. And I want to encourage you about a couple of those things. First of all, exercise kindness. And you exercise kindness by, first of all, creating a warm atmosphere. They kindled a fire. They kindled a fire to comfort others there. And this is what the barbarous people did to them they received them. They were not someone who were a hold off. They were someone who brought them in and received them, everyone, even though they didn't know them. And by the way, there is great blessings for the Christian who will be hospitable. If you would please, you can look later on in Hebrews chapter 13. And the Bible tells us that Christians, one of the proofs of our love that Jesus is better, is learning to be hospitable to others. Using what God gave you for the benefit of others and of reject selfish tendencies, especially in a storm. Well, the Apostle Paul did this. He received all this. And to to, to see the Apostle Paul's heart, let's look again, if we can, and I'll do my best to get as far down through the passage of Scripture that Brother Col- Colston read with us. But let's look at verse number 3. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened onto his hand. I want you to notice the second thing that we can learn, a lesson we can learn is a storm's lesson, and that is we ought to minister with and for the good of other people. The Apostle Paul, I don't think the centurion said, get up, old man, go get some, some sticks. No, Paul saw the need and took the lead. He saw what needed to be done, and he went out and he did it. He saw there was a fire. He knew that it would need more fuel. The tendency of fire goes out, and he said, you know what, I'm going to go out there and run to figure out some things and help some people. And he, this, this weathered servant of Christ, picked up on what Jesus said, the greatest of thee is the servant of all. And he got out there, and it wasn't below him to go pick up sticks and to put them on this fire. I think it's a principle we can learn as a storm lesson. You and I ought to pick up and grab some sticks of soul winning, <laughs> grab some sticks of visitation. Hey, listen, as this little, uh, this little storm w- wanes out, there's going to be a bus child that needs a visit. There's going to be a bus route that needs some work. It's not just going to be a reunion. It's going to be a restart for many of us. We're going to have to work at that. The Sunday school class. We're going to have to go after them and love those families. I think God's doing a work right now, but we've got to work. The the Bible says be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. It's the work. That's why people oftentimes do not serve God. It's work. It's a four-letter word, but it's not a bad word. It's a good word. It's a good word. Jesus said, I must work the works of him who sent me while this day the night cometh when no man can work. Every one of us ought to be about our Father's business doing something for the Lord Jesus Christ and pick up the sticks of soul winning, pick up the sticks of faithfulness, pick up the sticks of, of, soul, of, of passing out gospel tracts, witnessing where you can, loving a Sunday school class, doing something for the Lord Jesus Christ. We need some ushers to get back when this time comes to get that jacket on, be here early, and quit messing around. We need some, we need some nursery workers that will make sure that you're early and you're ready to go and receive those babies when they come back. Everybody, dear, as a storm lesson, a lesson we can learn is to work, to minister with God and for God for the good of others. And Apostle Paul shows us that great, great dynamic. We can learn to be kind. We can learn to serve. I want to give you number three. And this is just a thought here that I, that I see that expect a trial. Expect a trial personally. Well, you'd think of all the things that Paul's been through, he could be able to sit down by that fire and just enjoy a little bit of warmth and relaxation. Wrong. No, he got bit by a snake. <laughs> he got snake bit. Here he is going out and doing something good, picking up some sticks, puts them in the fire, and from the fire, the previous sticks are there, it awakened a venomous snake, It reaches out of the fire and and lands on Paul's hand and attaches himself there. Every islander knew this guy is done. Put a fork in him. It's over. He's going to die. That's a poisonous snake. We know that snake. We know that beast, uh, this guy. And their thoughts were he's a prisoner. He just got rescued. But the real justice is coming to roost. He is probably killed somebody, and now the gods are coming to kill him. But what did he do? He shook it off. He shook it off, and the snake fell in the fire, and they just looked at him. They said, you know what? He's going to die. When's he going to die? Well, how come he's not swelling? They were amazed he wasn't swelling. They were amazed. They saw it. Everybody knew he was going to die, and they thought he's a prisoner. He's a murderer, and it's finally justice has come to that fella. And then they saw that nothing happened to him. God miraculously protected him. And can I just remind you, do you know why God protected him? you know why he could shake it off? He knew his purpose. God told him in Acts chapter 19, 23, 25, and 27, you're going to Rome. <laughs> you're you're going to show up in Caesar's court. And not only on that boat was just Paul and Aristarchus and Luke, there was the book of Philippians. Aren't you glad you have the book of Philippians in your Bible? Hey, on that boat and at that uh, little fire right there, there was not only the book of Philippians, there was a the book of Ephesians and Colossians and Philemon and possibly even Hebrews. If he wrote Hebrews, there's a lot going on there. And God already confirmed in his heart, you're going to Rome. You know, he shook it off. He knew that his purpose was not done and God had a plan for his life. And my friend, God has a plan for your life. Uh, and you need to be, in that, and that room is not heaven. That's a purpose. That's a, that's a place of service for you. You young people out of Howell Dennison College watching this by live stream, thank you for staying. Thank you for working. And I know you've been confined just to do work and go here and there and not even be able to be on your bus routes. But let me tell you something. God has a place of service for you. Those of you watching in your living room, hey, listen, teenager, don't waste your time on video games and foolishness. Know that God has a purpose for you. That might be something you can entertain yourself a little bit with, but don't make it your passion. Don't make basketball your passion or soccer your passion or sports your passion. Make the Lord Jesus Christ and his purpose for you your passion. And he knew he was going, but he is now in a personal trial or a test. Can I just tell you something? I wrote this down. I I want you to think about it. Our trials and problems uh, can be can be means of attraction. What you're going through, your difficult time, the trial that you're going to have, and a lesson we can learn is the storm lessons as the trials are not going away. Apostle Paul said to to folks then, when they said, don't go to Jerusalem, he goes, all I know is that bonds and afflictions abide with me. I'm going to have some more problems. But you know what problems can do? They can be means to attract others to watch you. That's right. Nothing platforms you like a difficulty, and especially when unsaved people see your problem, your difficulty, and they watch you in your trial. Here, Paul is snake bit, and he's in trouble. He's hurting. Probably thought, "My goodness, what's going on here?" But he shook it off, and the the the, uh, the island people there said, "Oh, he's a criminal." And then they didn't see any change. Look what happened, if you would please, in the next verse. Verse number five. He shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. How be it? They looked when he saw when he should have been swollen or fallen down dead. Suddenly, this was a very bad snake. But after they had looked a great while and saw no harm come to him, they changed their minds and said, no, he's not a murderer. He was a God, little G, God. I heard a missionary say one time who worked in, a, in an island of Vanuatu. He said, one thing about island people, they change their mind real fast. They can change, they can be going this way and have their opinion about this and ch- quickly change and go this way. I say that's about, about anybody. I think our, our country, masses are fickle. <laughs> they come up with all kinds of ideas and things and they can switch real quick on them. And we see even, not just the island people, we see this even in Jesus. One week, Hail, Hosanna, King of the Jews. The next week, crucify him. The same lips, same vocal cords, same mouth, same tongue, same teeth, saying absolutely opposite things. But we see here: these island people said, "Oh, he's a murderer." No, he's a god. But you know what it was? It was a setup. It was a setup for Paul to be used of the Lord in a special way. And may I say to you, your trials, my trials, are setups. I want to give you a couple thoughts about trials, real quickly. Number one. In your trial, God is always good and he's always right. Okay? (laughs) It's no time to put God on trial. Knock it off. Don't put God on trial, except in good times and bad times. And before you hit a trial, decide how you feel about God way ahead of time. So you know what? God's good. God's right. I learned that from Brother John Bishop. What a wonderful truth. I love that statement. God is always good. God is always right. And make that, get that deep inside you. Don't wait till you hit a hit a brick wall to decide, I want to know how God is. No, He's good. And He's right. Number two, others are watching you in your trial. When you get snake bit by life, when something comes that everybody can see you're going through a problem, uh, know this there are others watching you. They're, They're evaluating. How are you going to handle it? You say you're a Christian. How are you going to handle this? This is what gives us opportunity for witnessing. Uh, One of our men, Brother Adam, has a birthday today. He was telling me, he said, I have worked at my company for several years. Oftentimes people are not receptive. But in this particular trial, all of a sudden, around the lunch table, I am the talker. They're the listener. They want to know. They're asking me questions. I'm opening the Bible. I'm telling them what the Bible says. You know what's caused that? A trial. And as a child of God, we should... Have our head up, looking to Jesus, our heart soft and sensitive to give others the truth of God's word. And in your trial, quit belly aching, quit crying, quit complaining how hard it is to be you, and say, Lord, help me. You can ask why. I-, I have asked why. In my trials, it's not hard to say, why, Lord, how come it's me? How come now? Why not? Why can't this just be easier? You want to ask why, I can ask why, but I better be able to handle the silence of God. He doesn't have to, he doesn't owe me anything. Even an explanation. But here's a better question. Rather than say, why me? Say, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to handle this? What are you trying to teach me? How can you use this? Be committed to God and his eternal purposes in your trial. Number one, God's always good. God's always right. Other people are watching. Number three, you may be misunderstood as you go through your trial and that's just true. Don't expect everybody to understand. Those of you who suffer with chronic pain, there's no way other people get it. They don't know what the pain of fibromyalgia is. They don't know what the pain of a sciatic nerve is. They have, we don't have any idea. We curl up and sleep at night without any thinking about that. People who go through cancer and they go through difficulties. We don't know what it's like, many of us, to be rejected by your spouse and be left and abandoned. But you know. And not everybody can understand it. And everybody will have opinions. And oftentimes those opinions are very hurtful. And they share with us how they feel about it or share with others, well, you know why that happened. He was always hard to live with. She was that way. Or, or you know how they are. And boy, he was always been rebellious. And you know, the truth of the matter is, Everybody's going to have their opinions and these islanders did too And when you go through your trial you can know this that people are going to have their opinions and you'll often be misunderstood Put your big boy bridges on and understand that and just understand that that's going to happen sometimes God's always good people are watching and some people give criticism that we don't understand. I think even in this particular time of our our history and there have been decisions made by our leaders that are continually battered and criticized. Uh, as a pastor, so many of you have been supportive, and others of you have been critical. You're not so sure. I don't know why we're doing this. We ought to do this. How come we don't do this? Where is the leadership in our church? And I've heard that, and I've heard the other parts that have been so gracious. So many more have been so encouraging. But sometimes, everybody has difference of opinions. We're in a trial. We're in the trenches. Hey, the storm is still here, though it's lessened. and everybody has opinion, and sometimes we just get misunderstood. Even when our heart is pure, and our purposes are are trying to fit the purposes of God, everybody has opinions. And we have to understand that when you're in your trial, some folks are not gonna understand. But God will not waste a trial. But I can, and you can, when we make it about us. God has a purpose for trials. And we know that all things work together for good. To them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. Whatever it is I'm going through, you're going through, God has a purpose. He loves you and He wants to help you through it. And you can know that He has a purpose and He won't waste a trial if we'll let Him do His work in the process. He's doing a work in me, for me, and for His glory. And trials cause us to, number one, to humble ourselves, to pray. And prayer brings on God's grace, his supernatural help. And then once he helps us, we're, we're grateful to God. We come with thanksgiving, and he is ultimately glorified. If, you, uh, if I were driving tonight, and I had a flat tire on the way home on Holman Avenue, and I would say, good night, i got to get in this trunk and get all this together. I'd say, Lord, please help me. Help me know what to do. Help me know how to get this done. And all of a sudden, somebody pulls up behind me and says, you know, Pastor, I got this. I got this. Just, just here, let me help you with that. And they got a jack. I won't have to get the one out and crank it all up and try to figure out how to put it out. And says, no, nah, let me take care of this. We'll fix this for you. He cranks it up, puts it up, puts the tire on, fixes it. You know, when that's all done and he puts it down and says, you know what, Pastor, get that, get that fixed tomorrow. You're going to be fine. You know when when that happens first of all it's it the, the the flat humbled me it caused me to say lord help me then god sent help and you know what on the way home after i'm driving on uh, uh on home and going to my house i'll say lord thank you thank you lord i'm giving i'm giving thanks to the lord and do you know what i do i get home i tell my wife and i tell i tell linda tell the kids I say, you're not going to believe what happened to me. I had a flat. I asked the Lord, here's the guy me. He sent brother so-and-so. This guy came and helped me. And then I'm going to be talking about that guy for the next three days. Giving glory to the person that helped me. You know, that's what God wants us to do in trials. He wants to to depend upon him and trust him. And you can do that. I can do that the same. I will also say this. Others will be helped long-term as you weather your trial biblically with faith. And we see in the next few verses there, they, have, they land in, a, in this island, and the chief man of the island, Publius, he's, he's got lots of possessions. And Paul and Aristarchus and Luke and probably the centurion get to stay in his home for three days courteously and generously by this particular leader. His dad's sick. His dad's got dysentery. He's got a high fever fever. And a bloody flux, which he's just, he's tore up on his insides. And he needs help. Doctors haven't helped him, and Paul prays for him, and God heals this man. Of course, these are apostolic gifts. These are gifts that are given to the apostles while they wait for the canonization of Scripture. I do not think anyone has the gift Of healing today I think God does all the healing and I think anyone can pray and seek God's help I do not think I think that's a cessational gift that stopped when the Bible came but I do believe that God is healing I pray for people I had the other day to pray and and ask God to heal someone I've been praying every day that God would heal that person and we've seen miraculous things done because of following God's command but I don't have the gift of healing I don't think anybody walking around two legs does I think that is a sensational gift that stopped, sensational, stopped, cessational, stopped, and quit uh, continuing uh, when the Bible came. But during this time, God's men were given that gift, and Paul healed that man. You know, I think about this. I want to just say to you, we ought to ask God for influence with key leaders. We ought to ask God, Lord, give me a key man. You know, in a neighborhood, the gangbanger is in charge of that thing. That's the guy who needs to get saved, and a lot of things will change. We got to pray for our mayor. We got to pray for our, our leaders. We got to pray for our city council. We got to think, who is it that I could see God save? We got to begin to pray earnestly that God would save key men. Here, this man, I believe the Lord gave the gospel to Paul. Paul, in his preaching, he not only healed, and God healed his dad through that. But many people from the island came and were healed through the ministry of the apostle Paul. And I can't help but think that as he left there, of course, they reciprocated to him. He gave them help biblically. He gave them help spiritually. They gave him help materially. And they helped him greatly. The Bible tells us that. Let's read it and we'll close this evening. Would you look at with me, if you would, please, at verse number 7. In the same quarters were possessions of a chief man of the island, whose name was Publius. We read about that already. Who received us and lodged us three days courteously. They would be there over 90 days, three months the months of November and January, February, and then probably took out in March. But the Bible tells us that he kept them the first three days. And it came to pass that the father of Publius uh, lay sick, the fever and of bloody flux, to whom Paul entered in, prayed, and laid hands on him and healed him. And when this was done, others also, which had diseases in the island, came and we're healed. This island is 13 miles by 9 miles, so it's not a small island. Uh, but from all of the word got from that island. And over the next 90 days, Paul began to work with people, giving them the gospel and healing them in the name of Jesus. You know, when you help somebody, God will send other people for you to help. Years ago, I remember hearing our pastor say, First Baptist Church is a place where someone said, someone they help a guy down there. When they help them, more people come to know to be helped. Well, the greatest person to help us in any way is the Lord Jesus Christ. Dear friends, we conclude our our service today. I want to ask you to consider uh, these lessons as the storm storm lessons. Hey, listen, let me encourage you. Be kind. Be receptive with people. Love people and and, uh, bring them in. Encourage them. Be a place that creates an atmosphere of warmth in your community, in your workplace. You're you're representing the Lord Jesus Christ. Do a good job with that. Be committed to work. See the need, take the lead. Whether it be some sticks that Paul demonstrated for us or maybe be helping, giving, serving in some capacity. What you cannot do with energy, do with urgency. Then I want to encourage you to realize that personal trials are a means of attraction. They allow people to look at us for a few moments, and maybe they misunderstand us, but God will use it to point them to the Lord Jesus Christ. Many people can be helped. Many people can be saved if we'll be faithful in our trials. Let's be faithful in our trials. You may be watching tonight, you're not sure. You may be listening on the radio, and you're not sure. If you died today, you'd go to heaven. Dear friend, we want to help you with that. You can have eternal life. It's not hard to go to heaven. It's not hard to have reconciliation with God. It's not hard to have your sins forgiven. God did 100% of the work. But we need to understand what he did and why we need the gospel and how he provided the gospel through his son, Jesus Christ. We must understand we're sinners. We can't save ourselves. We must understand that sinners deserve to be separated from God eternally in the lake of fire. But God so loved us that he sent his only begotten son he gave us the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus did all those things to be done by dying, being buried, and rising again so you could be saved. You say, Pastor, I'm not sure I'm saved. If you understand those things and you believe in your heart, the next thing to do is to ask God to save you. Wherever you might be watching this video, watching this service on live stream, if you say, Pastor, God's already been calling me. I need to be saved. Would you call out to the Lord right now? Say something like this, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I deserve help. But I believe that Jesus died for me, and only through him I can have eternal life. I put my faith in Jesus to forgive my sin and to save me. Friend, if you sincerely ask the Lord to save you, I believe that he has done that. We want to help you with that. Maybe, Pastor, you'd say, I just don't have enough clarity. I think I need more explanation. That's why that phone number is on your screen. Someone will help you right now if you'll call us. 219-932-0711. If you're listening by way of the key FM, would you call this number? 219-932-0711. Or you can go to our website, www.fbchammon.com slash salvation. We've taken this few moments to look and explain the gospel clearly with information that will be helpful to you. If you got saved, would you call us? Let us know you trusted Christ. Let us send you some information, follow up, and rejoice with your decision. We love you. We're very thankful for the opportunity to share these moments with you tonight. We want to share heaven with you. uh, But we must all come through Jesus Christ.